0: It's Saturday, March 21st, 2020, and you're listening to episode 541 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 43 minutes.
1: You know what might be fun? Take a group of people that have some deep-seated things like this, sit them down at a table, they all make characters, and then they all switch characters. You create your character with... You don't even think about it. You've got all of your escape hatches, and then you hand that character yeah, to Yeah, well, Chad. I
0: mean, this is part of the reason I also don't like playing board games with betrayers, and I freaking drove John batty because we were playing a game of Junta. And the setup of Junta is that you are a military takeover of a Caribbean island, so it has mm-hmm. no basis in history. And you have a person who's in charge, the Presidente, or mm-hmm. whatever he is, And he then can choose to hand out pay allotments and offices based on who he trusts and how people have been treating him. Mm -hmm. But the people who get screwed, they have keys they can turn and cards they can play to depose the Presidente, install themselves, and then reverse it and start screwing over Presidente's favorites or perhaps trying to win them over by paying them off. This is totally, if you're familiar with the keys of power, this game is totally an exercise in the keys of power. Well, that's how you're supposed to play the game. What actually happened in our game was within a handful of turns, I had gotten the seat of Presidente and I created a functional republic. Right. I treated everyone very well, very equitably and very open-handedly. And I had been careful in building my own hand that I knew what the major cards were to depose me. Mm -hmm. And I had one of each of the counter cards to all those uh, deposing measures. So if you try to do a military coup, here's the card that says the military likes me more. If you try to do, you know, have Russia come in. and, and, But you didn't win, right? No, because but you I, didn't. But I you weren't won. able to hit the victory condition. Correct, because I didn't get enough money. And because you're, you're supposed to be corrupt, right? Yeah. And you were providing for a republic and making everyone happy, so all your money is going. Into yeah, that. I wasn't it's, putting my money into yeah. the
1: Swiss bank account for my retirement. See, it's it's the, just like when we played diplomacy. There technically wasn't a winner because yeah. we never reached the win condition. No, yeah, diplomacy so, does allow an access one. When we now. started out mm-hmm. with the game, I made a pact with Dan right away. And I knew at that point I can move my armies away from his border because he's not going to betray me. I also knew I was never going to betray Dan because Dan will take that out of the game internally. And he will internalize he has been betrayed by somebody who well, to deal with them in the game, even though that's a game mechanic. Well, and one of the other things that was going on there was, I don't know how we remember the
0: board, while I did demilitarize our border, mm-hmm. at our major
1: points where our roads crossed... Oh, no, I saw you were ready to move I, in. It was in like, I, I never
0: did. did it. It's like, I'm not going to be the one to do it, but if Wayne comes into my borders, I will annihilate yep. him. And the something similar happened. We played an online game of Succession Wars, which is the high-level strategy game from Battletech, where you actually play the Galactic Powers. And it was me, John, Chris Hussey... A couple of people I don't remember. And I was playing House Mark or Merrick, and John was playing House Steiner. We effectively had the same thing going where within a really short order, because neither of us trusted Chris, hmm. we had Chris was House Lau, we had him taken out, and I had possession of all of his jump ships. Right. So he couldn't move troops. And in Battletech, jump ships are really rare. It's it's the only FTL travel. He couldn't move his units. And we were just taking his territory apart until we had him down to, like, three star systems. I just felt bad for him. So I'm like, Chris, I'll give you a jump ship back if you never take it my direction. I said, you take it my direction so much as one time I'm knocking you out of the game. And Chris played nice. But, no, I I, I get you. What you're saying mm-hmm. is, but it's why I keep wanting to play, and I want to get back to Dale here, yeah. but it's, it's why I want to play... The, there's a Succession Wars variant where it's Intersphere versus the clans. Now, there can be politics within the sphere and there can be politics between the clans, but ultimately, you know, you can only push that so far because you have an existential threat from the other side of the aisle. So,
1: so to keep down this path of not letting Dale talk and cutting Chad <laughs> off, you're doing a great job of psychoanalyzing us. Why do you think that I like to abuse cantrips? Because it's a completely different reason. Uh, because you like displaying how clever you are? No, actually. <laughs> that is that is a small part of it.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. No, yeah. oh, part. Part. but you're but, right. But, but. a little uh-huh. part No, the small part, part of, of it, it that comes
1: from the cleverness is that people say that they're worthless, so I take that as a challenge. Right. Oh. My real reasoning that gets to my issues is when we actually get to a combat, I want to be able to have the spell slots to do the other things to help the group. Mm. I like cantrips and those because... There are unlimited ways to show that my character is a magical character and is doing things and is magic and all of this Mm -hmm. without penalizing the people because that particular game system expects you to be able to do the bigger things in combat. Yeah,
0: I've always thought the angle of all I can do is buff and damage is kind of a boring niche for the caster, whereas like... I can buff you, and I can do damage, but I can also do things like temporarily pull half of the enemies out of the fight by yeah. creating a wall across the tunnel. It's this—that's sa- a hell of a help yeah. to the fighter.
1: Yeah. It's the saving resource thing. So, like, if I'm, a, say, a bard and I have a heal spell, I don't want to use any spell other than that that's going to cost a slot because what if we get into the fight and Dale's character goes down, and because I did. A different spell on the list earlier while I was playing around, I don't have the spell I need to bring him back up. So, it's a resource management, partially. So I am going to
2: do one of Dan's favorite things. Uh-oh. I'm going to pass judgment.
0: Okay. Right. You pass judgment, and then I'm passing the pillow to Dale. Okay.
2: Well, which means maybe we will take it.
0: Yeah, Probably. Yeah.
2: I mean, they've already interrupted me twice
1: just in the last yeah. five seconds. I know, really. So, I love how many times we've talked over Chad this episode. It's
2: <laughs> great, isn't it? Yeah, because Chad does not have a real opinion on splat books. He doesn't fucking care. <laughs> I know, this so, is the topic we can talk over you. So, here's the thing. <laughs> so, Wayne, how The you judgment is that Dan and Wayne are wrong about splat books. Yes, they both defended that, splat books. Dale, <laughs> Dale is right. The evidence is clear, I believe, because, yes, they have both actually defended the use of splat books repeatedly they have made points about their games and their characters where they've used splat books they've also made points about their games and characters where they didn't use a splat book but that's just because they hadn't written it yet and the reason why they don't like splat books is because they feel it can be used against and I would add one mm-hmm. other
0: thing to that where I this is the hill I would defend because what you have said thus far I, I don't disagree with or I might nuance differently but I don't sure. disagree with enough to turn into hamburger hill but the and point- this is the judgment seat so it's yeah. you know real bludgeoning right, right. Sort the, of the point where I would create hamburger hill is the combined truths of I don't know what's in them and I've seen slash I've seen them abused and it is easier to say no up front than to say, three games in, your character is effing up this game. And
2: maybe you didn't even need, mean to. But we're going to have to dial and, your character and, back. And or actually, take your character that out.
1: goes on to my final point of judgment. The final proof, alright? Okay, because I was going to caveat your last one for me. Well, I'm not afraid of it being... Wayne, you're getting judged here.
2: You're getting judged. Hold on. So, judgment. the final point of judgment is the fact that you guys throw the baby out with the bathwater. Thank you. It is your point, your hot take, your your central argument is, at the beginning of this, five hours ago, was all splat books are terrible. You didn't say those words, but that's what you were saying. No on splat books. And the reason why you guys say that is because both of you share the same thing. Neither of you can say no. When someone comes
0: to you with a character... I would say... Yes, but I would put it in a different phrasing. We're
2: conflict averse. You are. That's exactly it. Both of you are conflict averse. So That's why I honestly get away with all the characters that I do. I don't harm the games because I've ran games, but I still put out some pretty extreme characters because both of you are conflict averse and can't say no. Wayne said no, as he admitted the first time in this campaign that he's ran.
1: And it was good. I have wanted to say no to characters, but usually Dawn says no to you before I have a chance to. So the reason why that applies to Splat Books is because
2: it is the previous point of you throw the baby out with the bathwater. Dale comes to you with sword and fisto, and you don't say no. Now, there's a lot of reasons why you didn't say no to Bim, and I don't want to get into it, but this is just the, the big, broad point here. You look at sword and fisto, and you're like, Dale, this is going to sword and fisto the game. The answer is no. Then he says, okay, fair point. Here's my cat book from 1982 that I got from the Satanic Bookstore. What do you think? And you flip through it, and you're like, eh, not bad. Let's do
3: it. My judgment now, is passed. My
1: caveat uh, b- you to your the-
3: t- <laughs> now before you actually before <laughs> both of you, I'd like to add one point that hasn't been said this entire time that really should be stated. A GM should be willing to talk to the player if something about the character proves broken. And here's a great example of it from the exact same game where I played that halfling. One of the players, a different player in that game, was playing something out of the Book of Nine Swords. If that name sounds familiar, it's because that is by far eight the most... times worse than Sword and Fisto. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear God. That was the holy crap book of broken material published by Wizards. There was literally, and I'm not kidding on these numbers, I still remember them because they're that... Out of craziness, he was using a spike chain, Had uh, an ability where if he touches an enemy, just has to make a touch attack, he gets X amount of bonus damage to a specific ability that he does next round. And you can do that touch attack as many times to anyone within his weapon range. Spike chain back in three five was 15 feet, so everyone he touched, didn't have to be an enemy, could be ally, enemy, whatever... 15 feet, he got, quite literally, plus 90 damage to his attack. Wow. Yeah. That was literally how broken that was. Published by Wizards of the Coast. Let me remind you of that. Yeah. So, after that happened, the player came in to all of us and said, that was awfully broken. Is everybody okay with that, or should I remake the character? And we came back and said, yeah, that I was playing the wizard, Necromancer. There was nothing I could do that could even match the base damage. Yeah. Before, I got this uh, in
0: a monk, but otherwise it was the same thing. Yeah. Right. He had like six attacks around. All right. of them were magical attacks. Right. He had ridiculous saving throws. And of those six attacks, one was instant death and one was a full stun.
3: Yeah. I, it was... Exactly. It, but the thing is, is that... And he remade the character and that's the point yes that's yeah. the and that's
0: yeah. that's something i think i need to hammer home here no intransigence from game
2: master it, or the, the players. players is my absolutely the, the,
0: part of what built up this callus on this is not just the fact that i was conflict averse but it's the fact that many of these people were all too prepared to have that conflict
2: And they didn't want to scale back when they were too powerful and breaking the game. They wanted to scale up more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so Mm -hmm. it was far easier for me to tell them
0: no before there was a fight than to say, my bad. I took a risk. I invested poorly. Scale it back because it was not going to happen. Yep. Or it was going to happen only with a game ruining fight.
1: So, Chad, my caveat to yours, Mm -hmm. to your thing about players abusing. It comes from a similar place for me, but mm-hmm. it's not I'm not afraid of the player abusing it. No. I on the other hand, it's an insecurity factor of I don't know what's in that book. Right. I don't understand it. I'm going to give them something and the game is not going to be fun because I didn't understand it. Yeah. And that is where mine
2: comes from. Well, and, and it, it gets into your sort of imposter syndrome thing it does. where you believe the lie that your brain tells you that you are a terrible game master. You are one of the best game masters I have ever played under,
1: and I love playing in your games. Well, I'm going to put a call out at this point because this is the second episode. Probably the third. I think we're on third, pushing into fourth. (laughs) By the time this drops, we'll already have the. Yeah, so by the way, (laughs)
0: fearthecon.com.
1: By the time this drops, we already will have the Patreon mini podcast, Fear the Boot Game Notes. Mm hmm. The first episode on it, one of the things I talk about is because I said no for the first time, mm-hmm. I felt so bad about saying no that I spent a good portion of the week finding ways to bring up options mechanically for the character that was pitched as a right a new character. I really like the new character. Love I the love the character. idea because in my head, I said no. I right. have to make it right. And that's one of the topics I touch on in it. Imposter syndrome is something I'm going to mm-hmm. get into. That is one of the things that I really am hoping for out of this Patreon exclusive and, podcast. Yeah, to, exp- is- <laughs>
0: to explain this by the time this show drops. Oh, they'll already have it. <laughs> uh, is on Patreon, by the time the show drops, there will be added backer levels and added perks. And one of them is that Wayne, with our help, is going to be putting together a show about sort of these like GM confessionals, player confessionals, which yep. we've kind of toyed with, but now we're for real gonna do them. And one of the big purposes this is what Wayne wants to talk yeah. about in his first one.
1: One of the big purposes of this for me is I think there are a lot of things that GMs don't typically talk about. Part of it is what I call GM bluster. When we're sitting there running the game, we need to be the big damn hero running the game. And we need to exude confidence. No, we need to sit
2: down, shut up and let the players do. That
1: too, but I don't really hear a lot on other podcasts and things about The insecurities, the Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome, the feeling guilty about saying, no, I want to put this out there because when I started GMing, I looked for this stuff and I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. So I want there to be a voice out there, even if it's behind the Patreon wall, yeah. you are not new The new GMs can hear this. You are not alone. Well, yeah. and
0: that's something we're going to talk about when we finish these episodes. So I guess like October. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> GM
0: insecurity. Yeah.
2: Is, Next is, episode, it's... Sky comes on. <laughs> <laughs> 23 oh, yeah. years old, yeah. veteran
1: GM. He's got As great right... beer recommendations <laughs> for <does>. us. <laughs> As of right now, when we record this, though, I have five episodes of this podcast recorded, but... and most of them edited, And I have a couple other GMs that have been on the mics that have offered to record episodes as well. That is the one thing I'm asking each of them is when you record, the one thing I ask is complete open honesty. I want the insecurities from other people other than me, because that's what's important to me about this mini podcast. And I say mini because the longest episode shouldn't be more than 20 minutes.
0: Yeah, these are not going to be full-length episodes, but even on the main Fear the Boot show... Once we work through these, I want to dedicate a whole episode, not in the same depth that Wayne is doing, nor with the same number of people Wayne is involving, but I want to at least talk a little bit about GM and security. So as we go into finally wrapping this monster up...
2: (laughs) I know, i got to check my 401k, see if there's enough money in it
0: for me to retire tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, So there's a question that we've been batting around for about two hours and have yet to hit... Which is dalejohnbrazer.com. Yes. Which is, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes, that's the site where you publish stuff
3: yes. primarily for X, Pathfinder, and Traveler. Pathfinder 1st Edition, not 2nd. Traveler, 13th Age, and D&D 5th Edition.
0: Okay, so that's where you publish your stuff for those games. I'll probably publish Gnarled Nose Knowles under you for 5th <laughs> Edition. But the thing I want to talk about is you have a perspective on this, we don't, which is you have a particular investment in this. We don't. Mm-hmm. I can just sit here and snarkily say, Splat books suck. Sure, <laughs> the same way that pre Brodoor, we could sit here and I know at least Chad and I both did this. I'm mm-hmm. Rowan Wayne and say, Local gaming shops suck, and here's why. And then Brodor came along and had a very different perspective. And a lot of information we didn't, and we've actually seen him carry out the Brodorian reforms and improve game shops. So yeah, what I now want, we
1: can say this game shop's good, this game shop sucks.
3: Yeah. So
0: now we, but it's it's more nuanced. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just this broad. F. Local Game Shops, I'm going to go to Amazon. Because you mean of, i got to get rid of my t-shirt that
2: says F. Local Game Shops? Yeah, yeah. Man, I get some looks when I go to a local
0: game shop. that. What F. L. G. S. Stands for? <laughs> right. It's
2: not, <laughs> it's not friendly.
0: no. no. Not some I mean, of the ones I've been Seriously, I, I used to do all of my shopping on Amazon because Amazon, one, didn't stink, and two, didn't scowl at me. Right. And I now buy a lot of my game purchases in Miniature Market. Because I go in there and I get to annoy Broder for 30 minutes. Not for long. I know. But, and then he, I'm like, hey, you know, random thing. It just kind of hit me. What do you got like this? Or, holy crap, they made a board game out of this war of mine? Mm-hmm. Brodor, what are the reviews on this? Oh, it's this, isn't this, this? Hell, right now, the game and its expansion ring me out. I'm taking this home. But you have a perspective as someone who publishes Splat Books. Yes. Both on, one, why you want them to do well. And mm-hmm. we're going to get past the cynicism of to line sure. your pockets. Sure. But one, why you want them to do well, what value you think they bring to the table, and what people like you, which is the publishers of these third-party splat books, need to do, or already doing, or whatever, to keep them market viable To get through to people like me Mm -hmm. that otherwise would say, not in a core book by the core publisher, we're not touching this.
3: The first thing supplements do is uh, a supplement will bring something to the table that is not there in the core rulebook. Whether it gives you an idea, whether it gives you some new mechanic, whether it gives you some uh, new bit of setting material, something that... You can easily draw inspiration from. Totally agree.
0: The splat books, modules, other th- such things that I own, I regularly flip through them and either use plot points as inspiration, text blocks as inspiration, or even their art as inspiration. Mm-hmm. So, completely agree on that point. What do you do to try and keep your books still adding to the setting without breaking the rules? A la Sword and Fist, or Nine Swords, or whatever it's called. Nine Fists. Nine of Fisting. fisting. <laughs> yeah. The German edition.
3: <laughs> Get in line, boys. We've got Nine Fists. Okay, so the first thing that you can do to add and not break right. is to expand. Don't feel like you have to beat something that's in the core book, but rather that it gives you a new option. For Ooh,
0: the core rulebook rule is not your competition. <laughs> yes. I, that's such a simple concept, and a lot of Splat Riders don't get it. I like it.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, it's just like a, a retail strip mall. You have your anchor store. If all the other stores are competing with the anchor store, and that anchor store loses and goes away, so do the rest yes. of the stores. Yeah. And, and it's something
0: that Circuit City did miscalculated. They tried to drive Best Buy under by putting a Circuit City next to every Best Buy. Mm-hmm. You can still see the buildings; they've all been repurposed, but you can still see the buildings in those positions to this day. And they didn't do it well because Best Buy kept their customers, and on top yeah. of that, Best Buy had deeper pockets. And they didn't do like bait and switch and yep. some all, all the other shady circuits. Yeah, packages. and they didn't. Yeah, and they were able to weather the storm. But so I, I like that approach. Okay, so don't see yeah. the horror books as competition. What else?
3: Next thing you can do: focus on things that aren't going to break the game. Adventures, setting, things that are... Utility books, yeah. like your book of names. Exactly, And yes. uh, adding in stuff
2: like he has a traveler book that adds in wildlife. And I don't mean like alien stuff, but alien animals, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah and this is another one. Monsters. Mm-hmm. I will, as oh, someone yeah.
0: who I once upon a time wrote splat mm-hmm. because my brother and I, we used to write for the official Battletech fan magazine. Mm-hmm. And they called all of it pseudo-canon, where it's like, they'll never commit to it being canon, but it's not not canon.
1: It's canon until they write something that contradicts it. That's pretty right, much it. Yeah.
0: They just wanted that legal out. or and when I say legal, I mean literal law, but like setting lawyers sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But within that, what we wrote, and they kept coming back to us, was things that had no mechanical value we wrote advice columns like how to use this type of Mac in a particular role and Mm -hmm. succeed with it. And then to illustrate that we would have a scenario where we would write on this particular world during this particular war, somebody was attempting this, here are the two sides, play it out and try to use the concepts there. It's a situation designed to show you why indirect fire missiles work or something like that. And you try to play that out. And we also wrote a lot of metagame advice on things like one of the things we did really well, and I think still do really well, is meshing the Battletech board game with the MacWarrior role-playing game. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have not figured out how to do that, and we wrote a very long article on that. And not only did they publish everything we sent them, but they kept putting out calls saying, we want more people to send us submissions like Dan and Mike's this stuff. Sure. So that's a, that's a great point that I also 100% back of what you put out doesn't have to be even within the capability. Mm-hmm. Of, I mean, how does a book of names break the game? It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, how does alien fauna, which you're probably not playing, how does that break the game? It's just out there. Right. Do what you will with it.
3: It's another monster for the players
0: to shoot. Yeah. Chris Hussey did a great job in this with the book Hotspots and mm-hmm. Mission Ideas. You couldn't break the game with it. Things for players to shoot is never a bad thing. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you a an additional question. Mm-hmm. Someone like me. Sure. All right, let's say that you're talking to the me from the start of this marathon. Okay. Hmm. And I have conceived. I remember nothing. I had a home, a family, <laughs> a life. <laughs>
2: And it's a distant dream. I know. Or how about but a full night's sleep? For a, bed, tomorrow? a bed? I'm having bed fantasies. <laughs> <This> not like <laughs> sexy bed fantasies, but like a soft pillow, yeah, yeah, clean yeah. sheets. We've got know. this down yeah. to like true yeah. grit
0: levels. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> what would you say to the person listening to this who is splat-averse for whatever reason to say, one, you ought to try splat, and two, this is how you should do it so as not to get jacked in the butt
3: by the experience by nine fistos okay. yes by nine fistos or sword and fisto all right so the first thing you should do read reviews drive through rpg has lots of reviews like
2: like your oh not not you dale but like sure. this the reviews on stuff you write or look at other works and see the reviews that people are writing for those other works. okay you ask me with that phrase. no no Sorry.
3: i i think i follow what he means
2: yeah. i think he means read the reviews
0: of the product in question
2: yes, yes.
3: Oh, oh, Do I people see. tend yeah. to
0: call out this is game
3: breaking? I will say a yes. Counter? Yeah, if people encounter something that's game breaking, yeah,
1: I've read oh, yeah. a lot of reviews in the last few months. Remember when I talked about doing my game pitches? Mm-hmm. Some of them I didn't have systems picked out for. Sure, I read reviews on twenty different Western yeah. systems, not just on Drive Through, but I went out there and did searches. I did comparisons,
3: RPG geek and so forth. And
1: yes, if there is something game breaking. It is mentioned by multiple people typically. Yeah. You
2: know, there's a stack exchange for role playing games. I so I guess you so, could yeah. just
0: ask Has anyone looked at this supplement? What does it offer and is it game breaking?
2: And they'll tell you you're in the wrong forum and that you should just look. <laughs> yeah. Go buy Closing the book. thread. Yeah. 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 Go read this KB article. Yeah. Closing thread. KB article has nothing to do with it. My favorite one for that with
0: technical stuff is Why would you want to do that? Do that. that. Yep. Yeah. Jackass, I am not going to explain to you. The entire thought process that went into why I'm doing this and not something else, which may include proprietary Mm -hmm. business information. Just
1: tell them because gnomes like feet, and that's why I need a gnomes book of feet. I I freaking hate that. (laughs)
0: And then close for anything. I will
1: will second the reviews because I have bought things without doing it. That When I read the reviews, told me everything I needed to know, and I wouldn't have bought them.
3: All right. Second thing you should do is start with things that only affect the game master. Start with monster books. Start with adventures. Uh, cause start they're with the ones books. who buy the books. Yeah, ninety percent of the time, yeah. they're you know they're going to buy more books than players are. So you get to know the quality of the work that a publisher does. You note know which ones do you feel do well and which ones you feel are. not eh. Well, if the game master has it, I can choose to introduce it or not. If I have your alien
0: fauna mm-hmm. book, yeah, I can say you know what this one monster is total BS for some reason. Yeah. You are never going to see the splargle dog.
2: What?
0: Because it's... So, but I will introduce these other five.
3: You know, it's... Exactly. That affects only you. That's not something that the players are ever going to touch. In fact, take credit for it. Go for it. Publisher won't mind, really, if you just like, oh, yeah, I created this monster, really. Anyways, once you see... The- in your game. In your Name. game. Not your, your game work. <laughs> yes, yes. In your yes. game. Whenever you tell your players, oh, yeah, I wrote that, really. Lying in a one-to-one
0: or one-to-few setting, at least in America is weirdly protected free speech, but lying to a mass audience, especially in a case of fraud, is not. Exactly. So I can claim I wrote Battletech at our game. I cannot claim I wrote Battletech and then sell it online.
3: Yes, exactly. That was exactly what I meant. I did not mean (laughs) claim someone else's work as your own and have it published. Yes. Um, But the third thing is, once you start looking at the publisher's work and their material and you know their quality then you can start introducing material from player supplements, start allowing those into your game, and letting them choose stuff from that.
0: That was going to be one of my questions. So let's say there's a player in one of my games. Sure. And once again, going back to the day and I was when we started this in 2019, it, somebody comes to me. Whenever this podcast started. Yeah, this this episode, not, not <laughs> this episode. Right. And somebody comes to me and says, I totally want to bring in... The cat folk splat book. Okay. Sure. Now, what do I as a game master, bespoke cat folk, need to do to build some trust around that book? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, read it myself is one thing, but if sure. everybody in my game is playing your cat folk, Chad's halfling foot fetishist, foot fetishist halfling, yeah, and Wayne wants to play a dog folk, and it's, and, but not a knoll. Just some yeah. other thing. Just, sure. just
2: normal folk who like dogs. Yeah. I mean, he's a human. He and, just likes you know, dogs. And
0: it's like, okay, guys, I can't read a library. <laughs> w- what would you recommend for, like, how do I get a sense of what these books are going to do to my game?
3: First off, just start off with the individual pieces of crunch for those races. Just start with them and say, hold off on anything additional. You know, don't add any feats, no specific class options. Just no say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think no. I think it's a fair s- suggestion of saying, look, at the start, you can pick any sections you want out of the book, but you have to keep it down mm. to a total of three picks that total up to no more than five pages, because I don't have time to read the book. But sure. if you just want the base stats for a cat folk and you don't want the cat folk fifteen foot touch chain, <laughs> you know, then. I'm not going to bother to read that, and the answer is until we have a chance to review it. No, and I can't read an encyclopedia before running this game. Right. But if you can give me three pages of general stats on the kitty people and two pages of a couple feats and a couple spells you're looking at, then I'll look at those. Sure. And make a case-by-case on them.
1: Feats were always something that made me cringe, besides not being a foot person. (laughs) (laughs) It was always one of those things where you have to plan them out, and once you plan them out and they start interacting, they can do all kinds of really interesting things. Sure. So when you start adding splat books, I can't keep track of what they did in the core book because there's so many.
2: Right. That's why I have a really simple, elegant solution to this. Play 5th edition and don't use feet? No. Well, no, you always use feet, Wayne. (laughs) Always use feet. No, my thing is you empower the players. The players are their own subject matter experts. I don't know anything about your character. I don't know what the numbers are, the powers are, the abilities are. and I don't care. It's on you. You are the arbiter of your character. You are the, the one who decides. You are the one who wrangles it and stuff. If you're playing some weird
1: alien cyborg thing with that you got out of three or four different books, that's on you, man. The counterpoint, though, for a different style of GM is it, if you're running D&D problem. and you want to right. present them a challenge and you don't understand how their characters work, what you present may yeah. not be a well, challenge so or it might so kill that the character.
2: In, so that gets into my other total topic, which would be another four-part mega episode, yeah. is GM's cheat. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's put a <laughs> pin,
1: let's pin put on that
0: one. That's my problem is I yeah. don't. Uh, let's put, let's, that is your problem. Let's put a pin on that one because <laughs> I... I'm trying to bring this Twilight
2: Zone marathon to an end. <laughs> yeah, somebody on Discord's telling you to wrap it up, Dan. That somebody is
1: me.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's been like that for
2: like an hour, yet. but
3: uh yeah,
1: So the, <laughs> an hour, we're over three hours right now. I, of okay. Recording time. Yeah, this, no, this I was is talking forum. about so, the
3: uh what, what's it called the Discord segment. Yeah, the, the Discord popped up. My
2: icon came up on his screen. So, it's like, yeah. damn, wrap it up. So the,
0: let's get to the last question I want to ask, and then All for right. real, we were shutting. Oh out, my god, a dream. You as a publisher, sure. I have no doubt there are people who will not buy from johnbrazer.com sure. because they won't touch splat in general, third-party splat in particular. Sure, I can tell you because I am not necessarily that person any longer mm-hmm. because I've gotten to know you and I've gotten to trust
2: you. Sure. And I have passed judgment on you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and, but what do you as a publisher do to, I mean, if anything at all, how do you get people to take a chance on you? How do you get people to... To look at you and say, okay, it's supplemental material, not splat material. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, know I, I know how I'm dressed, but I'm not that guy. Sure. How, what do you do
3: there? The first thing I do is exactly what I just told you just a moment ago. The first thing is read our reviews and try uh, the GM material that we, that we create. See our quality from that before judging anything else that we do. Because if you think that the, what we do is not good and not suitable for your game, you don't have to introduce it if it's a GM material, and you can just ignore everything else that we've done. But once you see our quality, not just mine, but any publisher's quality, you can see, oh, okay, this is good, I'll keep them. Or this is not so good, I'm just going to set by the wayside. Such labels
0: are never perfect, Mm
3: -hmm. ever. But
0: I'm curious, is there any discussion around, or Mm -hmm. is anyone about creating some kind of a seal standard that said okay yeah we're going to get some wrong but we at least looked at this book and this was certified by the ftb 9000 compliance (laughs) compliance yeah this
2: was this or this was oh no ftb the f doesn't stand for fear
1: it's
2: like the, the, oh, what have we done? It's, it's
0: f this book. It is. Oh, what and a, the number nine, which we've established, is
2: detrimental to games. We made a terrible mistake in two thousand six, Dan.
3: But, right. I think I understand what you're getting. At. Right, right. But okay. as,
0: as someone's like it was like for example, o, anyone can do OGL, mm-hmm. but to do D twenty, it had to go through extra rigor. Sure. Now I'm not saying that rigor was always sufficient or always perfect, but there was some. There was no to, measure of quality, though. Right, right, right. But what I'm curious about is, has someone thought about saying, this is up to so-and-so's, this particular group of rabbis said, this book works. And maybe not perfect, but it's something.
3: I wish that there was something like that out there that could do that, but we're not even partially close to seeing something like that happen. I would love to see something like that happen, but... I mean, you're talking about time... And money. Yeah. And yeah, well, two things
0: this I mean, industry doesn't have. i got to say that, right? I mean, look, brand carries a lot of weight. I mean, there's a reason why I could make a game that's, let's say, a, on a quality scale of 1 to 10, my game's an 8. And Monty Cook can make a game that's a 6 or a 7. Mm. We go on Kickstarter, guess who's raising 5 grand, and guess who's raising 500 grand? Exactly. And, you know, brand carries a certain weight, which is one of the reasons why, in the stuff that we do, we try to keep all of our publications under some variation of Fear the Boot mm-hmm. because we want to build a brand family or brand recognition and a brand guarantee that we're doing this to at least a some level of quality. Right. You know, in the Sojourn books, I'm sure people like some stories more than others and didn't like some stories at all and whatever. But It says that in the reviews. It does. (laughs) And the great where I know we got successful was many of the reviews can't agree on which ones were the good ones. Yep. And that, to me, says personal taste, not product problem. Mm. But I can tell you, in putting those together, we put everyone through two editors at least. There were standards. We had professional people that were involved in setting up the book, in going through the test copies, blah, blah, blah. You may not like everything that's in there. But I can tell you that book is done to a certain standard. It mm-hmm. is not just slapdash, you know, we took people's Word files and rearranged them in 20 fonts and printed it out. Sure. It was a little more than that.
1: Yeah, I back that up. My story went through the shiv. My story is a better story because it got shivved. Hey, very much well edited.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, apart from brand mm-hmm. recognition, is there anything you can do? I don't know. I like, let's, let's take your... Traveler stuff. Okay. Can you send free copies to people that, like, are big in the Traveler community? I don't know what that is. Sure. And get a couple of them to play it and say, this was reviewed for balance and, and game clarity by this well-known group, whoever that is, and they said it was cool. Uh,
3: there's no specific group that does that, but there are individual players, and yeah, I do do that. And I only ask two things that they do that. One, complete and total honesty, if we just the bet on that say so and if we knocked it out of the park say so beyond that uh nothing else it, and the other thing i ask is state in the review that you got the copy free nothing else and think about it this way too since we've been doing
2: this since 2006 people
3: this podcast s- this, this, this,
2: this episode, this episode. episode. <laughs> since we actually
0: started this in simulcast to episode one we've actually paused this a few times (laughs) right and and right now we're about through the design series so like the early
2: 30s Mm -hmm. so yeah 1930s yes (laughs) yes 1930s and episode 30s so people send us games or request for us to review games and on one hand we have said yeah we'll take a look and a lot of times what happens is we don't And we don't review them, we don't say stuff about them, and it's not because we don't like it or because we're jerks or anything like that. Time and money. Yeah. It it all gets back to that. It's like no one can review these supplemental books except a person who buys it and plays it and says, I hate it or I loved it. There can be no standards or balancing or anything like that because, like Dale said... Time and money, that's two things the industry does not have. Nobody goes into the role-playing game industry to get wealthy. Yeah, I mean, one example is I still need to put together a board game night
0: because I got sent a copy of a board game by some booters Mm -hmm. that I totally told them i would review and i'm going to stick to that yeah and it has narl's mom conflict
2: averse <laughs> you just said no well no no but, i i but
0: it I, does have gnarls, mom and yeah i it actually and i do game. and the concept of the game sounds interesting yeah i just need to set up a board game night and get a few people together to right. play it so we can talk about it or give the group some feedback I, something something yeah but yeah it's, it's it's not that we're blowing these people off it's that yeah i mean we've it's time and money. Yeah, we we do six hours <laughs> recording a night, so. <laughs> all right? And
2: that's just for this episode. Dan, can I go home and go and sleep?
0: Yeah. Back, so please? we are for real. Condition. For real, we are putting <laughs> so. Yeller down now. Oh, Even these comfy
1: chairs aren't comfy anymore. Oh. Yeah.
0: This all right. This is <laughs> oh, the moment god, where the oh pop. Oh god! <laughs> for you literature folks, this is the moment where the red fern grows. So all I'm going to say is thank you for tuning in. Check the show shows notes. <laughs> Because uh, there will at least be links to Fear the Con and to John Brazer
2: and to... We need
0: to
1: put a a review of Fear the Brazzer. Con because it's already over. Yeah.
2: We'll need a... Uh, a onesie, not two. We'll okay. need a link to Undercover Lover. John Brazer,
0: <laughs> Patreon, and Fear the Con we will all be at links along these shows because they're all relevant. And once again, this is going to be year of improvements. I hope you guys like where we are by the end of 2020. And I hope we get where we tend to be by the
2: end of 2020. And be on the lookout for our new Kickstarter, The Halfling Book of Feats. Tie to, <laughs> it's going to be a two pack. Yep, yeah, it with is. With
0: either shiglu or <laughs> gnarl nose knolls.
2: I mean, the stretch goals, we could make it a threefer. We could. We could do all three. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> if only we get the $500,000 money cook funding. Yes, That's exactly. Third
0: supplement sucking on toes. In fact, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to talk to a lawyer. About the legality
2: of just calling it Monty Cooks. <laughs> oh my God! I can change my last name to yeah. Cook. You can change your first name to Monty. Yeah. Yeah. Or we can establish Monty Cooks, or we-
0: <laughs> Monty's Cooks,
2: Cooks. Oh, yeah. Or we
0: can just establish an LLC that's like Monty Cook LLC, right. Organized in Missouri, and just run off that. <laughs>
2: We, we, put a, we could put an umlaut over the O. It's like Monty Cook <laughs> with a little like schwa. Schwa, over the, yeah, you know. yep, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Hey, be if, on the lookout.
1: If you're doing that, then you need a second edition. Mm-hmm. That's the Steve Jackson mm-hmm. edition. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes.
2: You're Steve. Dale's Jackson. Yep. 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 And
0: oh there are three pages of the book you have to tear up after using.
2: <laughs> it's a license to
0: print money, guys. It is. We've got it. We, we have this it. on lockdown. Mm-hmm. So I'm just telling you, be wary of any Go Kickstarters. Don't back them unless you intend to back Fear the Boot. From Mr. Cook to Monty. <laughs> yes. yes.
1: <laughs> There's a lot
0: of a Cook in this. Well, You might say Monty Cook. Right. I'm just telling you, the Kickstarter you back for Monty Cook, you may think it's Monty Cook. It's us. <laughs> <laughs> Monty Cook, we're coming for you. He never should have put any of his pictures in the wiki comments. Nope. Because now we can use them anywhere. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys for tuning in. Be careful on Kickstarter, and we will catch you in about two months. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Monty. See ya. <laughs>
0: This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2020. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so
2: at patreon.com slash feartheboot.